did we end up this week after sound, fury, and tumult leading up to and following the vaunted FOMC? Well, as of Friday's close, right where we were last week. Is the bottom in? Uh, probably not. Probably there is more pain to come, but who knows? We discuss the 2022 market. That is all that and more as ever. We are not professionals. This is not investment advice. We know not what we do. Please don't listen to us, but please do enjoy Degenerate Business School. Can I start off with a quote that I found on Twitter? What's that? I spend way too much time on Twitter, by the way. I need to talk to someone about it. Full on addicted. (laughs) Full on. This is from Jack Farley. He's a finance guy on Twitter. His quote is, bear markets don't give a damn about your RSIs. Good one, Jack. Good one, Jack. I like that. I like that. We'll get into it. But, 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 but look, maybe this isn't a quote that's quite as uh, compelling, but if anything, the, uh, the GameStop fiasco should have taught us that, you know, bull runs don't either. Yeah, that's true. That's true. On the other side. Yeah. On the other side of the equation. Or Tesla, crypto. Uh, so James, Professor Junctus. What's, what, what is your executive summary of the FOMC, the Feb FOMC? Uh, the party's over and kind of reiterated that. Uh, and you know, he just highlighted, yeah, we have a tight labor market. There's really no, no issues. There's no reason why um, we're not going to start tapering in March and you know, raising do you say you guys should give guidance on on how many rate hikes? I think it's probably four, right? I think, but I thought he always was, uses he always uses words consistent. like substantial. Yeah, it's vague. Yeah, it's not quantified. Yeah, but there's probably definitely be you know rate hike this in March and 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 you know for the foreseeable future. But I guess they'll use the data obviously to inform their decision. But yeah, the party's over. Um, the only w- w- way he, reason he will step back in is if there's like liquidity issues in the markets, like if markets start, you know, bid ask spreads widen and people start, but we're far away from that, given that we're still at eight trillion balance sheets. So. Yeah, he also said uh, he said things like this labor market is exceedingly tight and it can handle a lot of rate hike action, mm-hmm. and uh, again. I think to extend the analogy even further, it will never end. Okay. So cop showed up at the house party. The, the guys that were there in the backyard got arrested and they all went to private high schools. They went to private colleges. Let's say Dartmouth for argument's sake, like not Harvard, but they went to Dartmouth. The dad's very wealthy and Jerry's their dad and they're in prison overnight. And they're like, we're good. Like, dad's going to show up and bail us out of prison, right? 
And dad calls and says, no, you have to stay in jail because you have to learn your lesson. That was Jerry this week. There was like, not a lot of people, but enough people to matter and say like, no, no, Jerry's going to say, we're not going to let the, the market correct. And he was basically like, no, all I care about is fighting inflation. We're now in the part of a correction right. where you see a bounce. We saw that bounce today when Apple obliterated earnings. And I think Tesla had pretty good earnings too, except it, it kind of just stabilized. Might have made that Tesla. No, no, no. Te Tesla stabilized today, but it completely got destroyed. Yeah, but yeah. today it held it held on that like knife's edge, this like price yeah. point of like, this is maybe support. If it breaks through, it might go down further. Apple bounced and led the market. Is this the false start before further pain? That's what I think. But you, you're going risk on again. Well, I, I am going risk on, but these are these are short-term trades because yeah, yeah. I, I actually agree with you. Um, you're I playing that like false start. Yeah. Nice. So like LABU has a a, a two-week expiration, but frankly, like sure. I just got back from the gym. Otherwise, I would have closed that today. Because it's already like thirty percent or something. Um, so, like, I, I know that there's a bounce coming, but I'm by no means thinking that like we're in the all clear. So, yes, yes. yes I'm back in risk on mode, but it's it's with very short uh, durations and very tight stops on things. Um, as ever, I'm a little bit tempted to. Take a little taster on SPXS. We're not going to do it. Not going to do it, but 14% of me wants to. You know. SPXS? You're yeah, back, yeah. On, back on the S. That's right. That's right. Lesson learned. Don't hold it for more than seven days. You get your ass kicked. <laughs> In seven days, you can make like $300. <laughs> so I feel like with SPXS, like, I'm either going to make $300 or lose 5000 <laughs> So I'm not going to do it because of how bad I am at trading. That's, that's the joke there Yeah, between the lines. I did get out of, I did get out of ERX this week. Don't know if it was like the right move, but it's kind of like if we're at a market top, generally oil, is oil still at like $85, James? Whatever it is, it, it's like ripped so fast. I feel yeah. like it might get overextended and get, and get dropped, and I don't want to be in a leveraged product when that happens. So close that one out. And I still have like XLE for a potential good decade for the oil stocks. So I just eh, not doing the leverage anymore. Smart. Find your style. Yeah. So, but Robert. Yeah. Tesla, Netflix, uh, Robinhood, Coinbase, they're all falling apart, uh, just getting drubbed. They're starting to look good, but they're going to look better, hopefully, in a few weeks' time. But your option call on Tesla also like a what one to two week play here that one expires in a month but i won't hold it that long yeah. that one just needs 
one to two weeks and I'll, I'll get out. What I'm saying, James, is we spent all this time saying, damn, should have got in on Tesla. But there's going to be a nice window here, I think. I, I, I do think, I do think like people who say, listen, Tesla is undervalued no matter what price it is right now. Robert's throwing up right now, uh, obviously. So what is the earnings multiple? 4,000 4, 4, X? Doesn't, doesn't matter. Yeah. Doesn't matter. This might be our launch window, right? We take 20% out of the S&P. Tesla is going to get murdered. Might, might be the time. Not yeah, now. I mean, it wouldn't mind putting a little bit, but, you know, FSD almost got me killed on the freeway. <laughs> like, it'll have you stop. And so any, any talk of that, I don't know. This is not ready for prime time. I know he, Elon says that's going to be out. Easily, how are you allowed it's, to call it? It stopped my car in the middle of the freeway, and I almost got killed. So. Huh. How are you legally allowed to call it FSD? Yeah, it's, it's really not. And plus, they make you actually hold your handle. It's like when I check my phone. While I'm, you know, check my email while I'm doing it. Um, it like it like stop me. It like you know, beat yeah. at me and tell me to put my hand on the wheel again. Do you have the full so, self driving that you pay extra for, or the one that comes stock? Yeah, we got it. We got it for one month, and I mean it's okay. I mean, you know, it reads like the the traffic signs and the, and the lights and all that stuff, and it kind of lets you drive on the freeway. But it's it's not ready for prime. I'm like I'm ready to trust my life. This thing. Well, okay, so. Here's my rule with the, the self, because we have the stock self-driving, but it's on the highway. I think it's the same. It just mm -hmm. doesn't do surf streets. Mm -hmm. I'm like, if it's just me in the car, I'll do it. Because if I murder myself, it's fine. I mean, it's not fine. But <laughs> if if wife or the kids in the car, I, I, I take control of the wheel. No FSD. Mm. Yeah, smart. It's kind of like my approach to investing. There's just money that I never tell my wife about that I put into things like ArcG or crypto. And periodically she'll say, hey, how's your crypto stuff doing? I'm like, eh. <laughs> we have a house is all I'll say. We still have the house. <laughs> so it's fine. There's a, there was a guy that I was listening to who's obviously degenerate. And that was like, he was like, yeah, I don't, I don't really w worry about it. If like I make a bad trade because like at the end of the day, I still have a house. It's like, okay, that means, that means you're down a lot. It means you're down a lot on the things well, that aren't your house. Well, I mean, so it's at moments like this that I'm grateful to be leveraged long real estate because I was looking yeah. at my account today. Today alone, my TD was up. 13%. Uh -huh. Year to date, I'm still down 40 after today, which means as of yesterday, I was, you know, absolutely right. I mean, I still am, but, but uh, yeah, it's been ugly. Luckily, it's not nearly as much money as it was. But again, you know, it was, it was never supposed to be this way, you know. Most years, people are like most years historically, people would be happy to get what five percent. But here's here's the beauty of this. Here's the beauty of this. I've been saying that for years, and I've been a goddamn fool for it, right? Hey. So, so you know, like you live by it, you die by it. It's fine. Yeah. Listen. Uh, yeah. 
the play was the play was just hold the Nasdaq for ten years. You couldn't beat it. And if you're really degenerate, you put three three x leverage on it. That's the I only, mean, that was the only trade. That I mean, early, earlier this week, there was a chart going around that said Berkshire B was beating RKK. So let that one sink in. Yeah, I think a lot of things are beating RK nowadays. I think maybe even oil is, if you look at the right time horizon. Yeah, that's with the run-up. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, but uh, I do, uh, you know, I'm, I'm accumulating what little dry powder I have left. I'm lying in wait, patiently. It's the other, the other thing I learned, maybe, it's hard to be patient in investing, especially when it's like the headlines inflation and you're like, oh, cash trash. Patience is the key. Just wait like an octopus. And the opportunity well, will present itself. I do think the opportunity is is already presenting itself. Like I've, I've made a money, I've made a lot of money over the years by being contrarian, right? So when Kathy was saying Tesla's going to a million dollars, she was right, technically, but I, I was making money on on Ford, right? True. Now everyone's everyone's on like the financials and energy, and don't get me wrong, I do have some financials and energy, but like the sentiment is so bad that there are opportunities. Like Netflix looks very good what it is right now. Very, like, very appealing. Yeah, very. Every, everything, everything has been getting killed, but you have to differentiate as to why it's getting killed, right? Mm-hmm. So. So Netflix had bad guidance, but it's still doing pretty well. Whereas a Robinhood, it had no business being where it was and the, and the guidance was bad. So that one got sort of a, a double whammy. Like you can't really compare the two because there genuinely is value to Netflix still. Mm-hmm. So the only reason I'm not playing it is the options are egregiously expensive. So I have to like find the right strategy to make that work. But there's there's value there if you can find it. Uh, like at this point, anything that's even vaguely tech adjacent has been getting killed, but they're not all the same. You can still find pockets in there. And still, I mean, it's not it's an ugly chart. Bitcoin didn't hasn't gotten smoked as much as I thought it would yet. Again, it doesn't look good, but it's still got the the thing about Bitcoin is this. It's got the risk on mechanics where it's correlated with growth stocks. But then someone just tweets, Vladimir Putin told the government in Russia to look into Bitcoin mining and that can prop it up at the margin, right? And at some point this year, the headline could be the Saudis are going to mine Bitcoin and buy like $7 trillion worth of Bitcoin. Like, that's not going to happen in, with Tesla. That's like the asymmetric upside you get with Bitcoin. And obviously, you, you get the nut shriveling volatility on the downside. But again, just like one headline like that is all it takes. It's like what part of what happened in early 2021 when Tesla put it. Yeah, but, but I mean, if you're trading around that, you have to be willing to get in and out. And unfortunately... Oh, no, no, no. You just, that's, you just hold it and wait. 
Right, but, but I mean, I, I've sent you screenshots of this before where like something will spike 30% and then over the next 15 minutes, it completely gives it up. Sure, sure, sure. Like that happens. Unfortunately, the, the trading fees are so egregious that it's, it's not always worth it. But to your point about this, this is a decent opportunity for buying gross stuff. James, 2022 is the, the year... The party's over. You're not getting bailed out of jail. Tightening. But then we're going to get GDP is really ugly in the second half of the year. So is the balance sheet coming back to the rescue in 2023? Early 2024? It's possible. Or at least they'll stop tapering and then kind of leave it static. So, you know, the, maybe the consensus is it goes down to like mid seven trillions and maybe it stays at eights and just kind of flattens out and they can't kind of you know, just keep buying just to keep it flat. Yeah. yeah. Possible. So we got like 2022 is tightening cycle, possible buying opportunity for growth. 2023, they have to stimmy again. That shit takes off. There's kind of this like, we go guardrail to guardrail. 2024, we got a presidential election the American Republic might fall into the sea and then nothing will be worth anything, but Bitcoin <laughs> will explode. Okay. I think, I think that's that my other point, thought this week. I, I think by that point, we'll be halfway to 2030. So ETH should be what? 10 trillion by then? Easily. Oh yeah. <laughs> Just the coin price, right? Not the market cap. <laughs> <laughs> but one of that, so I'm very paranoid about the 2024 election. Like, because because if Trumpy doesn't win, then they're just gonna say it's fake news, and we could have like two inaugurations. It could get weird and bad. But cryptocurrency is insurance against superpower collapse, or just the collapse of the financial system. That's what that guy, who, that guy Bill Miller, who owns his half of his portfolio is Bitcoin and half is Amazon. That's basically what he says. He's like. Bitcoin is apocalypse insurance or like if you actually get like a calamitous financial oh, system. Well, yeah, but look, if you're 80 years old, fine. Put half of your, your net worth on apocalypse insurance. Like what do you have to lose? You're going to die anyway. Like maybe, maybe that's not the best suggestion for the rest of us. Sure, 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 sure. But, you know, it is, it is, it's like a credit default swap on the current financial system. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I hope it evolves that way because it doesn't seem like it is. It's still risk on. Um, but you know, Kim Jong Un fired off a missile. I didn't see Bitcoin go up or, <laughs> at all. So, but yeah, I, by yeah, I hope it evolves to that to that level. But it's not there right now, given the price movement. So, even though the narrative is there. In fairness, though, Kim Jong Un sets off a missile every five minutes. So <laughs> that's true. Kind of inured to it. Yeah, but e either way, I, I I sort of agree with the 2023s. We're going to be back and and you know making it rain stimmies. Like me, the fact that someone came out and said seven rate hikes this year to me, that's like the canary in the coal mine. It, it's it's the overly hawkish version of. Kathy making her outlandish claims, right? When she says like 20 trillion ETH by 
2030. Like, you can't help but laugh and be like, oh, Kathy. You know, kids say the darndest things. Like, when someone comes out and says seven rate hikes, that's the hawkish version of that. It's the same yeah, thing. Yeah, like, yeah. You can't take it seriously. Two weeks ago, I said I was taking the under on three and a half, and I'm sticking by that. I think. Yeah, I think you're right about that. I, I do, yeah. I think to play off of the, the the analogy, right? So the kids the kids go to prison and dad's like, I'm not bailing you out, you know, this time. But at the end of the day, like any self-respecting dad's gonna be like, okay, yeah, yeah, you've been there long enough. Two days is enough. Oh like, yeah, it's like he's he's been in there for two your kids have been in there for two days. And it's like, mm, yeah, no, uh, if I if I leave them in here much longer, they're actually in danger of being injured bodily. That's the equivalent of GDP growth. Like a double, yeah. di- the threat of a double dip recession is like, uh, my kid's been in jail too long. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but the other thing is, the other thing is, even if you think about what was happening when rates were getting cut, like when the pandemic first started, right? Jerry was coming out and saying, oh, we're going to spend, you know, $50 trillion on God knows what. Most of that didn't actually get spent. It was just the notion that if he says it, then there's stability in the market. Whereas now, if he signals seven rate hikes, he doesn't have to do that. It just, it sort of happens on its own. Right, right. So I'm sticking with my under on three and a half, so. Yeah, I think the line, the line actually moved from, I don't know, I haven't checked, but it's like, Three and a half, it probably moved to four, five. You know, it's probably the consensus, yeah. but yeah, you're still under that. It's yeah. definitely an over rotation. All right, good stuff. Thanks, guys. All right. See you guys.